In today's show, we're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and their season preview, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lewin. I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me as always on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Pre-recording this show is so many of these ones because I am headed away for a few days. Um, But there's so much stuff. There's mock drafts that have happened in the last few days. Go back and check those out. There's team previews for all teams. There's information in all of these shows about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. I apologize. I'm recording this on the 22nd of September. If any Philadelphia injury news, it appears like every day I wake up and some shit happens. It's either Lonzo Ball or Rob Williams or Shea Gildas Alexander. Hopefully nothing happens to the Sixers in between now and me recording this or posting this or publishing it. Hopefully nothing like that happens. So we're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Locked on Fantasy Basketball. You want in the Sixers division? Hopefully, so many. I know some of you have got invites. I know a lot of you haven't because there's so many that have come in. We've had over 3,000 applications for the 720 spots. Uh, That's total 720 spots, but yeah, we haven't given out that many so far. If you want in the Sixers division, the rules are below. They're linked in the video. They're linked in the show notes of the audio version of the podcast as well. Um, it's 360-team league for categories and for points. Slow drafts, $25 entry, $4,500 grand prize for both um, formats, points, and categories. So if you want in, in the subject line, write 76ers, cats, if you want in the category league, write 76ers points. It, just, it makes it much, much easier to search for your application. If you just write sixes, it'll be harder for me. Write 76ers, 76ERS cats, 76ERS points. In the subject line, you email it to lofbbowl at gmail.com. And in the subject or in the body of the email, I'll tell you something to put in later. It's amazing how many times I've done this and people still, they just say, hey, can I get in your um, Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl without like putting anything in the subject line or answering the questions or listening to anything that I've said? I'm a really good fantasy player, but fail to listen to anything that I've said about ways to get in. I think if you can't follow a basic rule like that, then... I don't know how things go. Not even a basic rule. A basic, like, these are the application steps. How are you going to go in a draft or complain about a format or something like that? Anyway, get in. Email. And you'll find out later what you need to include in the body of the email. Let's talk sixes. They only have 50 quality games, which is surprising to me to see how few they had. That's below average. Only marginally below average, but it's not like 55, 56. And again, it does make a difference because it pushes a few more of those games up to high volume days. They're 13 back-to-backs. That's league average. It really pays. It's really more important for um, Joel Embiid. He did not routinely sit back-to-backs last season. He sat a few. Sat a few I think two of them down the stretch. He missed COVID with COVID, COVID earlier in the season, um, and I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue this season coming up. Yes, COVID is still around, but the NBA is not testing vaccinated players only if there's significant symptoms and they think it's necessary. So it's not like everyone is getting tested all the time, even with the smallest symptom. So I don't think we're going to have as many missed games due to COVID this season. 
13 back-to-backs. Yeah, that's okay. It's league average. And their playoffs, it's just straight down the middle. 11. 11 games. If you finish Mar- March 19th, they have 11 games. It's a 4-4-3. If you finish finish March 26th, they have 11 games. 4-3-4. If you finish April 2nd, Yahoo default, it's 11 games. 3-4-4. Very, very straightforward playoff schedule. So what impacts their projections? Well, interestingly enough, they seem sort of solid. Like there's not too many questions. Maxi's growth is a question. Um, he was a big breakout last season. We sort of saw it coming, but not to that degree. Like I loved getting him late. I loved getting him at 110, 100, 120, that, that zone. Didn't never expected what I saw from him. Does he take a step forward? Now, I am expecting him not to. But what if he just comes in that good and he's better than James Harden? I don't think it, he will be, but what if he is? What if he maintains 45% three-point shooting and becomes this unbelievable threat? Then that changes the calculus for Harden. It drops him. It drops Harris. Maybe it even impacts Embiid. I don't think that'll happen, but that's a key swing thing. Embiid's health always. Although, outside of weird like broken faces, he's been relatively okay. A couple of knee maintenance issues, a couple of back spasm days. But generally, he's been sort of healthy. And he played like 68 games last season. It's like bang on league average at the moment. He was, he's been okay. But of course, if something goes wrong, then you're screwed. And everything changes for the team. And then Harden's role. Will he maintain the lower usage, high assist role that he's had in Philadelphia and in Brooklyn? Being a 21, 22 point per game player. Will he become more efficient? Will he become more of a spot-up guy? Or will he take on a little bit more usage and push back to a 26, 27-point-per-game scorer? Because that then, in, indirectly, or directly, actually, impacts what Tyrese Maxey can do. Or will he just sit at that 20-point mark and go 20, 28 and 10 versus 27, 7 and 8? So that's something to watch. We'll see. What we'll also see is that better line is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football games. Whatever you need to know about those things, matchups, news, podcasts, including all of the week three action. Actually, yeah, week three, what I'm trying to work out when I'm releasing this. Yeah, week three action, that is up over at betonline.net. It's your continued source for all sports wagering information as well, including live betting, esports, and scores. The old Philadelphia Eagles look pretty bloody good, don't they? I was pretty happy to draft Jalen Hurts in my fantasy team. They dominated the other night. Are they the best team in the NFC? I don't know. They're six and a half point favorites against the Commanders on the weekend. And for that and all the other week three action, betonline.net has you covered. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, which also includes Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Breakout candidates. It's pretty empty. And like maybe it's Isaiah Joe. But I don't feel good about it. I'd like to see Joe get more of an opportunity ahead of someone like a Shake Milton this season. But you know, Ty- Tyrese Maxey's broken out. Harden and Embiid are already there. You know, Harris is probably declining. D'Anthony Melton, I'm not sure that's a breakout situation. But does Joe go from an outskirts of the rotation player to an, a guy that leapfrogs Korkmaz or Shake Milton and becomes that backup point guard and plays next to Melton? I was clutching at straws. It would have been Paul Reed, but now they brought in Montrez Harrell, the table. 
So Reed, because we know what Doc Rivers is like, Reed probably won't play. So I don't really know if he can be. Like, oh, there's a world where Paul Reed's a better player than Montrez Harrell. Definitely defensively, he's already a better player than Montrez Harrell. But I'm not sure that he's going to be afforded that opportunity. Like, is PJ Tucker breaking out at age, age 37? No. Daniel House? No. Julian Champagny? It's hard to find a breakout player on this team. I just think they're settled. They're secure. They got better. Everyone seems to be knowing their roles. And that's great for the team. It's bad to try to you know, flesh out a fantasy segment talking about breakout options. Maybe it is just Isaiah Joe, who is an absolute three-point bomber. He will get up shots. And playing off Harden and Maxi and Embiid and Harris, if you can sit out there and bomb in threes, maybe you get a few extra minutes. I think he's got that chance to jump ahead of someone like uh, a Shake Milton this season. Um, sleepers. There are definitely a couple here. I am pretty big on James Harden this season. Now, I know that people will people love Dutch ruddering turnovers as a category. They love it. They love it. But it's really not indicative of a player's overall value. You think Luka Doncic is the 30th best, best player? Then swear by turnovers. That's fine. I'm not saying that paying attention to turnovers is you know, completely useless because it, it, you can pay attention to it. But what I'm saying is that in general, when you have no concentration in assists, you get good in turnovers. Because we know they're the most highly correlated pair of numbers in fantasy basketball. So I think that including turnovers in an evaluation of a player's value doesn't make sense. So Harden, to me, was fifth last season. Fifth. And by all counts, a down season. He's getting drafted at 10 on average on Yahoo, 10 on Fantrax, 11 on ESPN. That's end of the first round. I love that. I would take him... I took him at four in my mock draft the other day. I would take him at three, four, five. There's no way... There's no way I'm taking Trey Young ahead of him. There's no way I'm taking Lamelo Ball ahead of him. There's no way I'm taking um, Jason Tatum ahead of him. You know, I, could, I could argue Durant, Embiid, Doncic, maybe, maybe, but Doncic has issues. Like I, Harden at end of the first round is amazing value. And I also think that when you look, especially at ESPN, DeAnthony Melton is at 167 ranked there. He's at 143 on Yahoo, ADP 130 on fan tracks, which is, is okay. I don't foresee this huge breakout coming from Melton, as I've talked about already, because, again, he's still going to be playing off the bench. Maybe he gets 25 a night, and that's enough. But 167 on ESPN suggests you don't want him in 12-team leagues, and I think that's not true. He's at least like a 12th-round guy, maybe an 11th-round player, and you can get a little bit of value there. Nothing massively stands out as a points league-specific sleeper. Harden still has that value in points leagues. Not as much as in category league, so he's not as much of a sleeper at pick 10. He's probably like seven or eight in a points league. Um, and on ESPN in points leagues, he's probably the same, seven or eight. Like that's sort of where he sits. So the ADPs tend to match up. On the bus side of things, I've put it here, but I'm not certain. Tyrese Maxey, he's going at 59 on Fantrax and 65 on Yahoo. I just, he was 68th in category leagues last season, Tyrese. He was 83rd in Yahoo Points Leagues. He was 70th in ESPN Points Leagues. He's heading into year three. But realistically, he played 35 minutes already, so getting more minutes is tough. It's a full season next to Harden. And when Harden came across, he did buoy his value, buoy his value, he buoyed his value, by shooting 45% from three. Now, I think that is absolutely foolish 
to go into a season projecting someone to shoot 45%. He might do it. But it is foolish, especially for a bloke who shot 30% the year before. So if he shoots 39, a really good number, a very good number, he loses tons of value. His usage was below 20 in the minutes he played with Harden and Embiid together. He's not a high assist player. He's not a high steals guy. He's not a good rebounder. He's a scorer. So he's going to rely on usage, and he did it at really high efficiency. And if the 45 turns into 39, you're not replicating last season, I don't think. So I just don't want to take him there. I think he's a 7th to 8th round player, not a 5th to 6th round player. ESPN's got him at 81, which is bang on, I reckon. That's about the right spot. And then there's the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. People will be surprised that Tobias Harris ranked higher than Tyrese Maxey last season. 59th versus Maxey's 68th. But once Harden arrived, Harris was like 110th. He just was eliminated, basically. And he doesn't do anything steals and blocks-wise. His usage was way down. And... I'm just not interested in... His full season numbers don't feel replicable. Yahoo's got him 68, Fantrax 78, ESPN 75. I think he's closer to 110 than he is to those numbers. I'm not taking him in round six or round seven. He just is... You know, We gave him the Thick Hogsman, or I gave him the Thick Hogsman nickname because he was just so boring across the board without one standout category. And the only one he really had any sort of standout in was points, which is based on usage. And if usage drops, points drops. And then what else is he bringing? No assists, no steals, no blocks. He's a decent shooter, but he's not a high-volume shooter. Doesn't really get to the line. There's no way that I want him in that area. I just don't think the value proposition is there. Now, normally when talking busts, I don't really look at ADPs outside the top 100 because you can take flyers. I just... What are we doing with Montrez Harrell? Yeah, he was the sixth man of the year, Josh. He put up great numbers. Yeah, he did. Do we actually think that Doc Rivers, and I know it's Doc Rivers, do we think that Doc Rivers is going to say, Joel, can you play 25 or so a night so that Harold can play 27 and get his six-man stuff going on? If Doc Rivers tried it once, he'd be fired, surely. Daryl would say, Doc, my guy, go back to liking porn star tweets. Like you, It's not happening. Embiid is going to play 34 minutes a night. So how many does that mean that Harold plays every night? 14. He plays 14 minutes a night. Yes, Embiid might play 32 one night and Harold plays 16. And yes, Embiid might sit 15 games and Harold plays... You still don't want him to play 32 minutes in those nights. He might play 28. It's just not worth... Where's the upside in, in picking him there? Montrose Harold, by the way, was 148th last season in 23 minutes. How's he getting 23 minutes? It requires Embiid being injured for him to provide that value. And when he was in Charlotte... He was atrocious. I just don't think he's very good. And the opportunity is not there. And again, I don't like doing ADPs outside the top 100 for busts, but if you're taking PJ Tucker at 122 on ESPN, you're giving up. If you're taking him even in your last round on Yahoo at 140 or Fantrax 150, what are we doing? PJ Tucker, I know he's going to start, but you're drafting him for low turnovers. I'll draft Chet Holmgren for low turnovers then. There's no reason to pick him in a 12-team league. None. None to draft PJ Tucker as a 12-team league player. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. Argue it if you want, and I'm sure people will. Someone will draft him. What's the point? There's no point. Upside flyer picks. I don't really think there is one. 
I don't know who I would pick in the last round. De'Anthony Melton would come to mind, but he is going earlier than that. He's going in round 10 or round 11 in a lot of spots. So he would be the guy that I would have there, but he is sort of going outside that range. So let's look at the roster. We talked about Harden, talked about Max, he talked about Harris. PJ Tucker, again, what's, what's he going to do? He might play 28 minutes. He might score six points, five points. He's not really a shot blocker anymore. His percentages are off. He hits some threes. That's about it. And then there's Embiid. Embiid was the third-ranked player in 34 minutes a night last season. I project him at the moment to be the third-ranked player this season. There is some per-game um, value in him, totals. Who knows? We know that there, you know, he's got some knee and back issues. You know, him as a top-five player, I think he's, he's fairly secure. I think I've got him at four in my head-to-head list with Durant at five, Doncic at six, or maybe the other way. Anyway, he's in that top six zone. In a points league, he was third last season for Yahoo. In an ESPN points league, he was fourth, and I expect him to be similar. Now, one thing I do expect is that there seems to be some chatter that maybe he's not going to be as aggressive scoring and not chasing MVP as hard as he did. That might lead to a drop slightly in usage, which is good for Harden and Maxi, but maybe not as good for Embiid. But it's hard to get too worked up about what Joel does. He's unbelievable field goal and free throws. He hits some threes. He gets a steal, a block. He's a triple one player. He's a double-digit rebounder. He might get three and a half, four assists. He's going to might score 28 to 30 points. He's just unbelievably good. And I don't really have too many reservations about him as a top five pick. I like Anthony Melton. Anthony Melton's a top 70 fantasy player if he played 28 minutes a night. I just don't think he's going to. And especially with Matisse Thibel still around, Melton and Thibel, and then probably Milton or maybe Joe will get minutes. I don't think there's any chance of him starting, as some people thought might happen. He's probably going to find it hard to play in lineups with Harden and Maxi. He gets steals. He hits threes. He can score okay, but I... I really like, and you know I really like him. I just think you've got to be really cautious about going too far, but your drafters don't seem to be doing that at the moment. Picking him round 11 is fine, and that's where he sits. Thibault is great when you want steals and blocks. That That's it. Will he ever develop anything offensively? I, I really, I don't see how he does. His percentages wax and wane all the time. He might get four points a game, five points a game, but yeah, 1.7 steals or one block, and that can be really valuable but it takes so much off the table in those other areas that you've got to look, does this make sense, me wasting a game slot to get those 1.5 steals? Then I get no points and probably end up losing that category. That's how big of a deficit he can... It's like the, the issue with drafting Draymond Green mid-round or drafting Bob Covington. You just don't get any scoring at all. Even Al Horford falls into that trap a little bit. Spoken about Montrez Harrell. Also, look, I just... He won't play with Embiid. And... It's going to require an Embiid injury for him to sniff 12 team numbers. Because otherwise, he's playing 15 a night. Max. Max 15 a night. And there's Paul Reed, who I really like. But he's not going to play. Unfortunately, he's not going to play. He's the third string center. He'll play on the nights that Embiid is out. He's a steals and blocks monster. He rebounds well. He's a very good fantasy player. But he's just not going to play. Charles Bassey, I think, can also be a good fantasy player. Good rim protector, solid rebounder, but he's also not going to play. Daniel House is going to play a lot. And that sort of also cuts into Melton's playing time. He's a strong wing defender who can shoot a little bit. He just is providing no fantasy value. Probably not even for 20-team leagues, to be honest. There's George Niang, who was really good last season. 
He played 23 minutes a night. Wasn't top 250, but played 23 minutes a night. But with the arrival of Tucker, House, I'm not sure Nyang can get those 23 minutes a night. And he shot the ball unbelievably. Who knows whether that is something that continues or not. And then there is Shake Milton, who I don't really think he's very good. He can score occasionally, but he's one of those guys, hey, I need a lot of guys out. Give me the ball. Let me do some scoring and go off in little bunches. And people, that captures people's attention, keep people's attention. But overall, he's a poor defender, a poor playmaker, a poor point guard who's a hot and cold shooter. Furkan Korkmaz. With House arriving I'd, and Melton, I, is, are there minutes for him? I would say no. It's between him and Milton as to sort of who gets that back end bench role and Joe, really. I, I'm not convinced there's great minutes available for these guys. And then Champagny and Charlie Brown are the two-way guys. They also have... They need to make cuts. They've got Trevor and Queen and Jaden Springer on the roster. I think they're probably the favorites to get waived, but they need to waive two people. And they might have done that by the time you listen to this. But that... They are... You know, I said the Milwaukee Bucks might be the most boring fantasy team. The Sixers might be as well. And these are two teams with top three, four fantasy players in Giannis and Embiid. And, you know... The Sixers might have two top five guys in Embiid and Harden. But everything else is just like, where's the intrigue? Where's the upside? Where are the back end guys? There's no one. It's these couple of guys and we know what they do and they sort of do that all the time and that's about it. Maybe there's a bit more excitement with the Sixers because of Maxi. Tangles was great last season. I just, I don't know. I don't know if he takes that step forward. I hope he does. And that will do it for me today talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. But not before I tell you how you have to enter the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Ball. You thought I was going to forget. I almost did. Okay. I just dropped it then. Tyrese Maxey, I call him Tangles. Why? In the body of the email you send, tell me the reason that I call Tyrese Maxey Tangles. The reason is, all you have to say is Max Walker. Max Walker. You can say Big Maxey if you want, because that's where it comes from. Just say, I call Tyrese Maxey Tangles because of Max Walker. That's all you need to say. And then you listen to the show. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, why don't you drop your comments down below and tell me how wrong I am about every one of these players. And thumb it up and subscribe and hit the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See yous.